Welcome to the Clay DHD podcast, where we talk about things that are more than a hobby or an interest. They're our hyperfixations and why they're awesome. I'm Clay, and today we're shifting gears, both literally and metaphorically. If there's a sound that gets my heart racing, it's the roar of a finely tuned engine, or perhaps even the roar of a poorly tuned, broken one. There is intoxication in the blend of power, artistry, and adrenaline that internal combustion engines can provide. And depending on where you live, you can do more than just have one. You can create something different and create it for yourself. Today, we're going to dive headfirst into the world of automotive modification. And it's a realm where cars aren't just vehicles, they're canvases that are just waiting for our personal touch. Of course, for some people, Cars are just a means to an end. They get you from point A to point B. But for many of us, and overwhelmingly I've noticed especially those in the ADHD community, there's so much more. They're projects, passions, and often extensions of ourselves. A car can be a reflection of who you are or who you aspire to be. And with modification, the possibilities are endless, as are the opportunities to learn, even as an amateur. There's a magic in the process of modification, taking something mass-produced, something that countless others might own, and transforming it into something uniquely yours. At its absolute simplest, consider how people like to name their cars. It isn't a Chevrolet Impala or a Ford Falcon. It's Tabitha, and she likes to be warmed up a bit before you go driving. It's like tailoring a suit. Yeah, okay, off the rack might fit. But when it's custom-tailored to your specifications, the difference is night and day. And that's what automotive modification feels like. You're tailoring your ride to not just fit your body, but also your mind. For the uninitiated, the term automotive modification or automotive engineering might sound complex and intimidating. You might picture vehicles that belong in the Fast and Furious franchise. Heavily altered cars and flashy rides with underglow lights and sound systems that could put a concert to shame. Some overly muscled guy saying something about family. While those are certainly part of the modification universe, people who do the whole Fast and Furious modification style do actually exist. At its core, automotive modification is just about personalization. It's about making a vehicle yours. Maybe you're upgrading the engine for more power. Maybe you're tweaking the suspension for a smoother ride, adding a fresh coat of paint or installing a new set of wheels. For me, cars and their modifications have been a decades-long passion. And interestingly, I wasn't always interested in cars. As a kid, I could recognise a cool one. My father's an engineer, and he was always building something, or multiple somethings, that I thought were cool in the back shed. It wasn't actually until I got my driver's licence that it clicked. This was a vehicle that I'd saved up and bought with the money from my casual, minimum-wage job. And it was mine. It was a 1978 Holden Tirana, and it was deep blue with black trim, and had the puniest engine that you could have fitted. It had no power steering, no air conditioning, and no electric anything. Now I look back on it, I desperately, desperately want another one. And I could do whatever I wanted to it. After a few missteps, I managed to find resources and people to help. Then I sold it. Then I got another car, and then the process repeated itself, and then I sold that, and then I got another one, and you can see how this is starting to become a problem. 
With every cycle, the envelope got pushed slightly further and slightly further as you do wilder and wilder things. Of course, at the time, I was undiagnosed, but looking back on it, the signs couldn't have been clearer that this was something I was hyper-focused on. There's a joy in every step. From brainstorming the ideas to sourcing parts and, of course, the actual process of modification. Sometimes, though, funnily enough, the actual process of modification becomes the boring bit. Let me tell you, the journey's had a fair share of bumps, detours, and lessons that I've had to learn the hard way. There are moments of sheer frustration where nothing seemed to fit or work or I lacked the skills to see it through. And times of elation, when a modification transformed a drive from mundane to exhilarating. And there were a couple of cars that had to be crushed because they simply couldn't be saved. Today I'll be sharing some of these personal tales and I hope they'll ignite or fuel your own passion for automotive artistry. But the beauty of this automotive world is its vastness. It accommodates both novices and veterans. Maybe you're someone who's just getting started tinkering with their first car, or you're a seasoned modder always on the lookout for the next big project. There's always something new to learn, discover, and create. It's a realm that thrives on innovation, creativity, and a dash of audacity. There are sub-communities for everyone, just as there are sub-communities in fashion for everyone. There's the rockabilly stylings of rat rods, the old-school rock-inspired hot rodding, and modern import performance. I say this next part with heavy quotation marks. There's also sex spec, otherwise known as cars designed solely to win car shows. There's race builds, different kinds of race builds. There's brands and associated brand loyalty, and perceptions of the community to lean into or perhaps shatter instead. So whether you're here for personal tales or technical tidbits or pure love of cars, just strap in. We're about to embark on a ride through the world of automotive modification. And trust me, by the end of it, you'll be probably looking at your vehicle through an entirely new lens. Not just as a mode of transport, but as a piece of art waiting for your signature touch. Since the inception of the automobile, people have been tinkering, altering and adapting them to fit specific needs and desires. Long before the idea of automotive modification became mainstream, individuals were on a quest to make their vehicles faster, better, more efficient, more comfortable, or simply more suited to their personal tastes. The early 1900s saw the first automobiles gracing our roads, and they were rudimentary machines, mostly hand-assembled and lacking many of the conveniences and safety features we take for granted today. During this era, modifying a car was mostly a matter of necessity rather than an expression of individuality. A farmer might need to adjust his Ford Model T to better handle rugged terrain or heavy loads. Another individual might reconfigure the seating arrangement to accommodate their large family. And of course, at this time, there were no real rules or laws preventing you from doing any of this. Then as we moved through the Roaring Twenties, the rise of hot rodding began to take form, particularly in the United States. Whilst the history is murky, the release of new engines in new models of cars led to enterprising individuals buying newer and more powerful engines and fitting them to their older vehicles. The Ford Flathead V8's engine being fitted into the same Model T that I mentioned before, which would take it from 20 horsepower to possibly 95, which is over a 375% increase. This era was marked by the modification of cars for speed and racing, and it was during this time that legendary dry lake races in Southern California became a hotspot for car enthusiasts. People would take stock cars, 
strip them down, remove unnecessary weight, tune the engines for maximum performance. The objective? Well, it was to push the machines to their limits in the quest for speed and prestige on the salt flats. But it wasn't just about speed. The post-World War II era brought about a surplus of military jeeps and equipment. Resourceful individuals started repurposing these vehicles for civilian use, and it led to some of the first off-road modifications. Big tyres, reinforced bumpers, and modifications for better ground clearance. These modifications were primarily driven by the need to traverse challenging terrain, especially in areas where roads were scarce or possibly non-existent. And then the 1960s and 1970s came, and were truly transformative years for automotive modification culture. The muscle car era was in full swing, and cars like the Ford Mustang, Chevy Camaro, and Dodge Charger became iconic symbols of power and style. Owners were hungry for more, more power, more noise, more attention. Modifications weren't just about performance now, they were statement-making. And at the same time, around the other side of the world, Japan was developing its own unique car culture. Japanese car enthusiasts were focusing on making compact cars faster and more agile, which led to the birth of JDM, or Japanese domestic market tuning. Interestingly, of course, the Japanese didn't consider this unusual or unique thing, and they certainly didn't refer to it as JDM, it was just the way things were done. These mods, though, they often inspired by the world of motorsport. They prioritised aerodynamics, weight reduction, engine tuning. Moving into the 1980s and 1990s, there was a further explosion of technology. Computer-controlled systems in vehicles opened a new frontier for automotive modification. It wasn't just about physical changes to cars anymore. Software tweaks, commonly referred to as chips or tunes, allowed for enhanced engine performance, fuel efficiency, and any other parameter you care to name, and you could do it just by adjusting the vehicle's onboard computer. Then, in the early 2000s, Thanks in part to movies like The Fast and the Furious, automotive modifications saw a huge surge in mainstream popularity. Neon underglows, massive spoilers, and booming sound systems became the rage. The era was characterised by a mix of performance and aesthetics, with a fair dose of flamboyance thrown into the mix. Today, the realm of automotive modification is more diverse than ever. With advancements in technology, materials, and techniques, the limits of what one can achieve with a vehicle are constantly being pushed. Electric vehicle mods, eco-friendly tweaks, advanced aerodynamic kits, and digital interfaces have now entered the scene, further broadening the horizons of what's possible. Looking back, it's evident that the drive to modify and personalise our vehicles is deeply ingrained in our psyche. What started as a means to address practical needs has evolved into a full-blown culture and a way of life for many. Through wars, technological revolutions, and cultural shifts, our passion for tweaking, adjusting, and reinventing our vehicles has remained unwavering. The world of automotive modification is not just about the cars. It's a testament to human creativity, innovation, and the ever-present desire to express yourself. So what exactly is happening here? What is up with this intersection of engineering and aesthetics? Every car enthusiast knows that the desire to modify a vehicle comes from a blend of two driving forces primarily, the need for performance enhancement and the urge for personal expression. But what makes automotive modification fascinating is the intersection between raw mathematical engineering and the fluid, intangible world of aesthetics. At the very core of automotive modification, there's the science of engineering. It isn't just about making a car look cool. It's about understanding the mechanics that would make it work. 
then tweaking them to make it function better. For example, engine tuning, it isn't just about power. You have to consider performance, sure, but also efficiency and longevity. If you're modifying it, you should understand how it works, what air-to-fuel ratios are, ignition timing, turbocharger efficiency, if you have one, and you can use all of that to get every last bit of horsepower without damaging the engine. Then, suspension modifications are another area where engineering is vital. Lowering car isn't just for looks. You can lower a vehicle's centre of gravity and improve its handling characteristics. But if you get it wrong, you could ruin the car's ride quality or even make it unsafe. Same goes for aerodynamics. Stylish spoilers and diffusers aren't just for show. They help channel air in a way that improves downforce, reduces drag, or cools vital components. If you're really into this sort of thing, you might develop an understanding of fluid dynamics to understand how air flows around a vehicle, and then use this knowledge to make informed decisions. But it isn't just all of these hard numbers and calculations, it's deeply artistic as well, and a side that often stems from personal expression and a desire to stand out. Frequently, you'll even find that people who are, typically, very grounded in the engineering aspect will throw that all out the window in order to achieve the aesthetic design that they want. Paint and bodywork play a pivotal role in it. There's the colour and the finish, and you can drastically alter a car's visual appearance. Maybe you want a sleek look, or a matte finish, or shiny, chrome, intricate hand-painted designs. Choosing the right hue, understanding how colours interact, knowing where and how to apply accents, pinstripes, you can turn a vehicle from mundane into a masterpiece. And then there's interior modifications, custom upholstery, dashboard layouts, lighting. These are areas where a car owner can truly imprint their personality onto a vehicle. There's retro designs that harken back to earlier eras, futuristic tech-laden cockpits, and the interior of modded cars can be a window into the soul of its owner. Then there's wheel choices. The rims, the steel part of the wheel, can drastically change a car's stance and appeal. Size, design, colour, material, all of it can complement and contrast overall design and make a crucial part of the aesthetic equation. And then there's magic that happens when these two things come together harmoniously, when a car isn't just fast or efficient, but is also a head-turner, and you've achieved some kind of modification nirvana. It's about understanding that a well-placed spoiler can improve downforce and look good, that a lowered stance can enhance handling and make it look more aggressive. A custom exhaust can improve flow and produce a more satisfying rumble. In essence, automotive modification is a dance between the left and right-hand sides of the brain. It's between logic and creativity. It's about realising that cars are machines, but they're also canvases, and their canvas is right for personal expression. And you can also adhere to the principles of science and engineering. I think this is probably why people with ADHD can frequently get drawn to cars, people like myself, because it doesn't just interact with your desire to express yourself, but also you can learn, and deeply learn, and discover things that perhaps other people have not, or haven't considered, and then use it, and see it, and talk about it. So as we delve deeper into the world of automotive mods, remember that every tweak, adjustment, or addition is a testament to this fusion between art and science. It's what makes the world not just a hobby, but a true passion for many. It's a blend that keeps people coming back, almost addicted and eager for the next project, the next challenge, the next masterpiece. And it's not just that. The automotive modification scene is just about 
people as much as cars. Anyone who's delved into the world knows that behind every engine, paint job, and tricked out interior, there's a person, there's a story, and most frequently a community. So let's just have a quick look at the collective passion that people might have. Because no one starts as an expert, I remember my first vehicle, which was the 1978 Holden Tirana. My enthusiasm for modding in the beginning was only matched by my sheer lack of knowledge. That's where the beauty of the community came into play. There's online forums, local car meets, and workshops, and these became classrooms of a kind. Not to mention the watchful eye of my dad, who in comparison to me was, and is, a mountain of accumulated knowledge. The sheer willingness of seasoned enthusiasts to share their expertise with a novice is heartwarming. And then much later than the Tirana, I had a late model Volkswagen Golf R. I was attracted to it because of the sheer performance potential of the platform, and that extreme performance could be achieved without sacrificing your ability to drive it every day. I'd organised parts, I had it retuned, and I drove it happily for about uh, six months. And then it simply stopped wanting to start, in the middle of town, at rush hour. I managed to get it to limp home, narrowly avoiding a parking ticket from being stuck at the side of the road in the middle of the CBD. And what followed was a month or more of trial and error, as I brought electronic tools designed to test for faults. And I simply couldn't, could not, determine the cause of the problem. After swallowing my pride, I reached out to a friend of mine who was a member of the car club. He was a technician for a Volkswagen, and he came by with a van full of gear. What followed was an investigation of what was essentially automotive dark magic. How does the computer tell the car what to do? And ultimately, he was able to determine, more or less without my help at all, honestly, all I did was provide payment in the form of beer and pizza. For some reason, the car's electronic control unit had decided to delete the chew. Luckily, we could restore it and unlock the car again. If it wasn't for the tight-knit nature of the automotive scene, though, I'd never have fixed it or I'd only have done so after possibly thousands of dollars spent. The expertise and knowledge of the people in the community can never be underestimated. And, likewise, attending my first car meet was an epiphany. There I am, surrounded by individuals who shared the same passion and spoke the same language. And the diversity was astounding. You had different ages, backgrounds, and life stories, rich and poor, with a common thread binding us all together. Our love for cars. And the meets would not just about showing off latest mods. For the most part, they're a celebration of passion, stories, and experiences. I ended up chatting with an older guy. He had an imported Cadillac. Cadillac stopped selling cars in Australia in 1969, so it was unusual to see a mid-70s Eldorado at all. The paint was original and immaculate, the engine bay was clean enough to eat from, and we talked for ages. And unlike what you might expect, he wasn't just interested in his own style of modification, he was here, looking at modern classics, trying to decide on a Japanese car to buy for something different to the enormous tank that was the Cadillac. Sure, there are some people who are only interested in their own corner of the automotive universe, but overwhelmingly, car people have an interest in most things and can give an opinion on everything in the automotive sphere, from Alfa Romeos, I think they're gorgeous and unreliable and I want one, and at the same time do not want one... <laughs> To Volvos. If you ask four people at a car show about Volvos, I guarantee one of the four will tell you that either they or a friend put a V8 into one. 
Some of my most memorable experience was with collaborative projects, teaming up with fellow enthusiasts to work on a shared vision can be immensely rewarding. Pulling together varied skill sets, resources and ideas, resulting in creations more than the sum of their parts. It was hardly the biggest, hardest thing I'd ever done. I had another Volkswagen Golf, although this time it was a base model from the early 90s, and I intended to race it at the track. Because cheap cars that are slow are sometimes more fun to drive than expensive cars that are fast. And I told my friends that I was going to strip it out, replace the glass with Perspex, and everyone just showed up, tools in hand, willing to help break the thing down. It only took three hours when I thought we would be at it all weekend. And then, if you're interested in it, the world of automotive modification is also one of friendly rivalry. Drag races, show-and-shine competitions, or just playful banter about whose car is superior. The contests push enthusiasts up their game, innovate and evolve. One of my friends, Jason, another member of the car club, used to have a WRX STI. It's a Subaru. It wasn't modified, really. It had some fancy suspension he'd installed from Olin's. Probably pronouncing that wrong. It's a renowned and expensive German brand. Wait, is it German? Anyway... And he was sure that his car was, in a straight line at least, faster than what I was driving. His car had a 2.5-litre turbocharged four-cylinder engine with nearest-makes-no difference 300 horsepower, all-wheel drive, and a rally heritage that was intimidating. Jason's also one hell of a driver. My car, on the other hand, a Ford Falcon XR6 Turbo, which, whilst not as steeped in lore as his car, It did have a 4-litre turbocharged 6-cylinder that I'd retuned to a casual 470 horsepower. Sounds too easy for me, right? Had the power advantage, and Jason had the weight advantage, though. So, a lighter car requires less power to push along. Maybe it was more even than we'd think. We came around the last corner of the track, keeping ourselves deliberately neck and neck, and then punched it down the straight. I pulled away slower than you might expect. And then he started to reel me in as we reached the end of the straight and went into turn one. Later, as we gathered after the track day, our conflict, such as it was, wasn't solved. He said he was starting to catch up and would have overtaken me. And I said I wasn't even pushing my car hard yet. The straight was too short. Something we still have friendly banter about to this day. Even though both cars are long, long since sold. I think one of the other beautiful aspects of the community is the ripple effect of inspiration. A unique mod you see on someone's car at a meet can inspire you to adapt a version of it on your own. Or perhaps there's a story of how someone overcome a modding challenge that helps you get motivated and tackle your own problems. It's a cyclical process of being inspired and inspiring others in turn. I haven't had the opportunity to do this yet, but I am desperately hankering to. There's a style of automotive modification called the rat rod. In short, a rat rod is a custom car that typically, but is not always an older muscle car or hot rod, designed to look intentionally aged and unfinished. They often showcase rust and are made from inexpensive or discarded parts. Parts might include repurposed non-automotive items, like just a piece of metal for a gear shifter, wrenches as door handles or handsaws for sun visors. Rat rods are all about the owner's thoughts and desires made manifest in steel, Every time I see one of these things at a car show or meetup, I just have my mind start buzzing with ideas. How would I do it? What would I use? Where would I start? What would I do different? Is this the perfect example of something that is solely the reflection of my mind and how I think? 
This style of car is almost my ADHD hyperfixations made manifest. So cars aren't just machines, they're stories on wheels, and they bear the marks of its owner's journey, their challenges, dreams and aspirations. But more than the vehicles themselves, it's the community that's the true engine of the realm, it's the shared glances of appreciation, nods of respect, collective sighs over something that's particularly challenging, and unified roars of celebration. It's a world that is fueled, I think, by passion. And it's not passion for the cars per se, it's the passion for the souls that dwell in it. So when you delve into this realm, you're not just engaging with machines. You're engaging with this world that's teeming with opportunity and possibility. There's the depth and breadth of exploration. And I've observed it has a distinct allure for those of us in the ADHD community. But why is that? I've talked about it before, that I seek environments that are stimulating and so do many people with ADHD. Our brains thrive on novelty and craving new challenges or puzzles. Automotive modification is an evolving sphere where there's always something new to learn. It's impossible to know it all. Maybe you're just trying to keep up with latest technologies or mastering new techniques or understanding the intricacies of a particular single car model. The learning never stops. There's a continuous influx of information and skills, and I think that's what provides the consistent engagement my brain needs. Likewise, with modification, it provides tangible results, sometimes for the better and sometimes for the worse. My brain wants to see, feel, and experience outcomes of efforts quickly. With car modification, the results are immediate and visceral. You've changed a part, and you feel the difference. You tweak the suspension, it rides different. There's an inherent satisfaction in witnessing the direct impact of your actions. And it's not a monolithic activity. It spans such a vast spectrum of interests, from mechanical and electrical to aesthetically inclined. Whether you're into engine upgrades or bodywork or interior customization or sound systems, there's something for everyone, and you can find what you like and I guarantee you will find someone who's able to do the things that you can't, or don't want to learn. This diversity ensures that irrespective of where your passion lies, there's always an area for you to delve into, and for the ever-curious ADHD brain, that means that there's an endless playground of exploration. One might think that after a certain point, you've seen it all, or learned it all, but that's just impossible and so far from the truth. The deeper you dive, the more layers you uncover. When you think you've mastered something, there's an advanced version waiting for you. When you believe you've understood all about a specific car model, a new one with a different set of challenges comes along. This is an ever-evolving depth that ensures that the journey of discovery never truly ends. It's an irresistible draw for those of us who revel in continuous exploration. People with ADHD like me often possess the ability to hyper-focus on tasks and subjects they're passionate about, and automotive modification with its intricate details, challenges and technicalities provide a perfect environment for such deep immersion. I could be working on a car for hours, not eat, not drink, and time just passes by while I'm working. The outside world just fades away, leaving me, the vehicle, the task at hand, possibly some busted knuckles and a bit of swearing. The world of automotive modification, with this endless depth, is a haven for my brain. It offers a perfect blend of stimulation, tangible outcomes, opportunities, 
and it makes it more than just a hobby. It provides an environment where the traits of ADHD aren't accommodated as such. They're celebrated. In this world, our insatiable curiosity and drive for tangible results and ability to immerse ourselves gains a home. So perhaps you're feeling the itch to dive into the mesmerizing world of automotive modification and don't know where to start. Taking that first step can seem daunting, especially when you're surrounded with a plethora of terms, tools, and techniques. But as with all great journeys, it starts with a single step, or in this case, a single bolt or wrench turn. Let me give you a bit of advice, and feel free to ignore it. Be patient. When I first ventured into this world, I knew nothing but thought, how hard can it be? Turns out, hard. But you can also make it easier for yourself. After the Tirana, my next car was a Ford Laser, and initial attempts at modifications were, let's just say, a learning experience. It didn't go well. So pace yourself. Begin with understanding, researching, and then diving into the practical aspects. So the first step I would say is exactly that, researching and educating yourself. Before you go tearing apart your vehicle or investing in fancy parts or tools, get to know the basics. There's countless resources available. There's online forums, YouTube tutorials, books. Even local workshops can sometimes offer free courses. Consume information. Ask questions and ensure you know the why behind every modification, not just the how. Secondly, before you modify anything, get to know your vehicle inside and out. Understand its mechanics, electronics and bodywork. You don't need to know it in perfect detail. Just give yourself a solid foundation and that'll help you decide what modifications will be best suited for your specific make and model. Most common car makes and models have easily available workshop manuals and they're well worth the investment. Thirdly, start small. Don't aim to transform your car overnight. Start with simple projects, things that don't require extensive mechanical knowledge. You could change an air filter, replace your spark plugs, install floor mats. All of this can make a difference and give you a confidence to tackle bigger projects later. Learn how to service your car and change the consumables and know that it's been done right. Doing this is a fantastic place to start and it saves money on oil changes and servicing. Fourthly, gathering the right tools together can make all the difference. Assemble a basic toolkit and make sure you've got standard items like wrenches, screwdrivers, pliers, and a jack. And also make sure you get jack stands. These are a safety necessity. They will save your life. Know how they should and could be used. The hows and the whys. As you progress, you can invest in more specialized tools. There are two main thought processes. Quality and value. A well-made tool can last a lifetime and save you from a lot of headaches. But on the flip side, it's expensive. A cheap tool can be replaced five times over, and it's still cheaper than the expensive one. The choice is yours, but I'd say if you're just starting out, buy cheap and upgrade over time, especially if it becomes something you truly want to pursue, or perhaps it becomes something you don't want to anymore. Fifthly, safety first. I can't emphasize this enough. I have received countless injuries from working on cars, from simple cuts and burns, uh to some things that are slightly more serious. Always prioritize your safety and the safety of others. Use protective gear, like gloves, safety glasses, hearing protection. If you're working in a workshop, make sure it's well lit and ventilated. 
Never work under a car without jack stands. Use that protective equipment. Read about the chemicals you might be using and follow the instructions correctly. I've actually worked in occupational health and safety, and let me say this without any element of dramatization. Every safety rule exists because someone died or was seriously injured before they knew about the problem. Just take care of yourself. Sixthly, join a community. It is one of the most rewarding aspects of automotive modification. And the communities that come with it, car clubs, the online forums, fellow enthusiasts can provide invaluable advice, share their experiences, sometimes lend a helping hand or tool when needed. And I think this is one of the most fun parts of the whole experience. You get to know some really interesting people across the entire gamut of society. Rich and poor, everyone likes to modify cars. Seventh, learn from your mistakes. You will make mistakes. We all do. I've had my fair share of uh, learning opportunities. What's crucial is to understand what went wrong, learn from it, ensure it doesn't happen again. Every mistake is a step towards mastery, and some mistakes are unfortunately more severe than others. Notably, automotive modification can involve some hefty financial investment. My advice would be not to touch what you can't afford to replace. This is advice that I frequently ignore, so perhaps in this case do what I say and not what I'm doing. Finally, celebrate the small wins. Every modification, no matter how minor, is an achievement. Celebrate it. Feel the thrill every time you turn the ignition on or hear the purr of the engine or the smoothness of a ride after tweaking the suspension. You did this. Enjoy it. So diving into automotive modification as a beginner might seem like venturing to uncharted territory. And it does require patience, persistence, and a thirst for knowledge. But with that, it can become one of the most rewarding experiences. For beginners out there, take the leap. Embrace it. There is an entire world of artistry available. And every expert was once a beginner. If someone like me, with all of my distractions and hyper-focused moments can do it, you can too. When getting through to the end of this and... Hope you've enjoyed it as much as I have, and maybe you've got an itch to start a project of your own. Cars, engines, and modifications that come with them, it isn't just about horsepower or torque or the perfect paint job. It's about memories, experiences, successes, and failures. There's palpable excitement when a plan comes together, the satisfaction of turning a vision into reality, or the comforting hum of an engine that tells you, well, hey, you did that. You did that on your own, perhaps with help, but ultimately it's yours. Think about it. From the first moment, someone looked at their horse-drawn carriage and thought, I bet I could do this better. To weekend warriors today, fitting out their rides with latest tech, the heart of automotive modification has remained the same. It's the desire or hunger to make something unique and something that screams you. Perhaps this is the same drive that causes people to paint their houses interesting colours. The passion, especially amongst the ADHD community, has struck me as something profound. It's the vastness of the car modification universe. The endless possibilities, intricate details, challenges, joy, and diving deep into projects. There's a certain magnetism that draws us in. For anyone sitting here contemplating whether to take the plunge, we've all been here before. There's hesitation, uncertainty, perhaps a little bit of fear about the expense. 
whether it's a first foray into automotive tinkering or someone else's, like I said, we've all started somewhere. Dive in, get your hands dirty and make mistakes. Learn from them and keep going forward. The beauty in this is not the destination or the final product. It's the journey itself and the development of skills. There's friendships forged over shared interests, stories swapped over cold beer or coffee, the collective crone over a missed eBay auction, or the cheers when a stubborn part finally fits just right, and all of those cuts and scrapes and bruises you've received getting it done finally pay off. I hope you carry a little bit of this spirit with you, whether the car's your thing or not. The essence of today is more than automotive modification. It's about finding that crossroads between art and physicality, about finding the thing that ignites your passion, that keeps you up at night, drives you forward, leaves you eager for the next challenge, makes you spend hours on Facebook Marketplace. I know I've done all of these things. So we're just going to cruise to a stop on today's journey through the world of automotive modification and let's just look at the next adventure we're going to head along on. Have you ever found yourself inexplicably drawn to collecting something and felt a rush when you find that item or piece of history? Next week, I'm going to talk about the art of collecting and curating, exploring fascinating stories, the psychology and passion that fuels collectors everywhere. Maybe you've got a stash of vintage stamps, or you love rare sneakers, or you just have an insatiable curiosity about those things that sit on top of power poles. You know, the ceramic things that stop the wires from rattling around. You don't want to miss it. And remember, in the world of hyperfixations, every passion, every obsession, and every craft has a story. What's yours?